Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Money Barrel. On this episode, Kayla sits down and talks with Amelia McCumber, writer and trainer from Nebraska, who has recently been bringing home massive checks anywhere she goes. Amelia's story will show you just how far perseverance can really take you. Make sure you follow The Money Barrel on Facebook and Instagram to see where Kayla will end up next. Remember to like and share if you like what we're doing, and make sure to tell your friends. All right, ladies and gents, it's that time again. This is The Money Barrel. here and able to talk to Amelia McCumber and I'm ex- really excited to talk to you. Last week we got derailed. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, pretty good. Pretty good. It's uh had my appendix out on Tuesday and so that was super fun. And um I was able to ride like three horses this morning. So, I'm doing pretty good. I think I think I can run on Friday. So, I'm hoping There for you that. go. <laughs> Where are you headed on Friday? Uh, the Cornhusker, which oh, is, okay. yeah, it's like the closest one. It's only an hour and a half. So I would be pretty bummed if I couldn't make it, but I oh. think it'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> awesome. I, you're tough. Yeah. You're tough. Well, I'm excited to be able to, uh, sit down and talk this morning just because I feel like your story is one of the ones that I've really been wanting to share just because of the fact that you don't barrel race for a living, but by God, for the last year and a half, if you're entered, you're taking home money. <laughs> <laughs> so um, why don't give us a little bit of background about yourself um, for those that don't don't know you. OK, um, so I am a physician assistant and I live in Atkinson, Nebraska, and I've been a PA for about four years now. And I rode horses my whole life, you know, growing up, I was on a horse from the time I could walk, did the whole, you know, high school rodeo, 4-H, all that jazz. And then um, I had to go away to college for what seemed like forever and bought a few, few younger prospects kind of while I had to be away. And now I'm kind of harvesting the fruits of my five-year plan, you know, from back then. And so it's been really fun. So did you have to quit riding when you were going through PA school? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like your worst nightmare is basically what medical school is. I mean, there was no time for anything. So I had a pretty good horse at the time uh, when I got accepted. And so I sold him and paid for some of school. And then I bought a couple prospects, Wally and the one before him that I fertility the year before. Um, so I was able to kind of, you know, make a plan and that way I had something to come back to when I finally got done with school. So, okay. So after PA school, young horses and everything, I mean, obviously you're busy and doing a lot. Who is your support system to kind of help you through all of that? Um, so definitely my, my family, my husband is really helpful. He really is not a horse person at all. But we've been married for four years, and so his 
training's coming along nicely, I guess. He'll uh, he'll feed horses for me when I am gone on the weekends, which is awesome. He'll even do it twice a day. And, oh, wow. And he even does the supplements now. So it's it's really nice to have him at home, someone I can trust to take care of that stuff for me. And um, he used to complain a lot about the whole barrel racing thing, but I, I will say the last couple of years, he just hasn't complained as much, which is nice. So um, he's, he's a big support system for me. And then my parents, obviously, um, I can't tell you how many times my mom or my really good friend, Jessica, she likes to go sometimes. I have to work till Friday at five, you know, and so they've gone to my house so many times, done my night chores, loaded up my horses for me and picked me up like from work so we could get going because sometimes you have an eight hour drive and um, I'm just so thankful for, for them helping me out and stuff like that. So that's awesome because you definitely can't do it alone. Um, you can tell your husband that my husband is the same <laughs> and, and, and we call that a non-rodeo regular person. <laughs> So yeah, we under, he understands the struggles. Uh, does he ever get to go with you, you know, he, out and about? He will go one a year. That's his thing. Well, He's like, I'll go to one of these things a year with you. <laughs> and it's so funny because he went to Rock Springs with me here a couple of weekends ago. And he said, he's like, honey, I love you. But he's like, there's literally 400 of you. He's like, you, you look the same. You talk the same. You dress the same. You walk the same. He's like. It's like, where's Waldo? But everyone's Waldo. He's like, I can't, it's too much. I can't handle it. <laughs> so that's yeah. awesome. Once a year is, is good for him. And, and then he gets his fill. So, <laughs> you know, at least there's some good races to make, you know, his once a year worth it. Yes. And they had an open bar. So he was like all about it. So <laughs> even better. Yeah. Even better. Yep. How did you decide? I mean, you said you rode horses and stuff growing up. But then that, you know, horses weren't going to be your career. Like you were going into something else because I feel, I think you're pretty much one of our first guests on the show that does have another full-time job besides rodeo or training or anything like that. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I kind of have an expensive lifestyle, right? And horses aren't cheap at all. So... I think my dad especially recognized early on, like, if you want these nice things, he's like, you're going to have to get a job that pays for these nice things. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I get that. So I, I wanted something that I was interested in that also paid pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot more call associated with my job and like, you know, kind of being tied to stay home than I would prefer, but otherwise I, I really love it. So what, what part of the hospital do you work in and kind of what is your schedule? Okay. So I am family medicine, uh, PA, and I work for a private practice in Atkinson. Our town's small, like 1200 people. And we have a clinic in Stewart and Bassett, uh, which are both two other small towns, like 10 and uh, 30 miles from here. So we kind of, I kind of rotate between those three sites. And Monday is my day off, and I work Tuesday through Friday in the clinic, so like 8 to 5, I'm there. And then I also take ER calls. So because our town is small, like our regular providers have to cover it after hours, 
And so uh, Monday nights, I take ER call for my clinic. So just if our patients go in, I'll go see them. And then on Wednesday night, I take ER call like for the whole town. So no matter who walks in the door, I go and see them. Um, from, and that starts at 5 p.m. to 8 a.m. for those 15 hours twice a week. And then I have to take one weekend a month. So that's Friday at 5 till Monday at 8 a.m. So that's kind of my my schedule. So you have so you have a little bit of flexibility on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. So I have travel. Yeah, I have the three weekends, you know, I'm, I only have to take call once a month. So if I'm not on call, then I'm at a barrel race usually. And I try and like, you know, everything's so far in advance. So I try and pick and choose what I know I want to go to. And then I have to, you know, sometimes I can't go to the stuff that I want to because it just doesn't work out with everyone's schedule. But I try and manipulate it a little bit. But. Yeah, I have a f- full-time job away from horses as well. Um, so I understand, you know, the balance of it all. How does that uh, work as far as you keeping horses in shape? Or how many horses do you own slash ride? Um, yeah. You, how do you change your program based on that? Well, I, I have too many horses is the answer to that. <laughs> um, I have eight right now. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and Wally's the oldest. He's the only one that can be entered. <laughs> He's six. Okay, you're busy. And Yeah, so I have three three-year-olds and two two-year-olds, a yearling, and I just bought a weanling. So I – obviously, Wally's the priority, so I'll ride mm-hmm. him. Mondays is my day off, so he gets rode on Mondays unless – I had a weekend and then I was gone that weekend and then he gets a few days off. But um, I ride a lot of the Colts on Mondays because that's my day off. So I'll ride all three of them. And then Wednesdays, I actually work late. So I work from like uh, 1130 until 7 p.m. And so I'm able to ride three or four horses Wednesday morning before I go to work. So they get rode then. Uh, if, if I'm going to have a lot of downtime, you know, running one horse kind of stinks sometimes. It's like, I, I wait around all weekend to run for 15 seconds, but, um, so I try and throw on a couple three-year-olds and, you know, haul them along and, and ride them there. So I, when I have extra time, but that's kind of what it looks like. That sounds like mine. Like mine get hauled way sooner than they are really able to handle it, uh-huh. <laughs> but it's the only time that I really have to do that. So yep. you just yep. have to make it work. Yep. It's good for him. <laughs> it is. Okay. So I didn't mean to kind of go off the rails there, but all right. So, um, you're a PA, you have a full-time job and you bought these young horses. Did you, when you got to the point that you could start riding again, did you train these young horses or specifically Wally and we'll get into Wally's story um or did you send them out how how does that work yeah so um the first horse that I fatiritied was in 2015 and that's the year I graduated from from UNMC so I was living in Omaha but I had when I went to school I bought a two-year-old from the Fulton sale he was a flashlight and I, with the goal, I was like, I want to have something as a reward when I'm done. Like, I want to be able to go and do something. And so uh, Jenna Garwood is a good friend of mine. She has a barrel horse training business, and she was just kind of getting started. Uh, and she only lives four miles from me. We live on the same country road, which is awesome. 
and she's super handy and really talented. She's great at taking younger horses and like getting them going on the pattern. She has excellent horsemanship, super easy to ride behind. So I, gosh, I bet he spent at least probably six months there, um, like between his three and four year old year. And she got him going for me. And um, then I think it was the fall, like the gridiron was the first. I had never been to a fraternity before. I just kind of started hearing about them. And I'm like, ooh, this flashlight is eligible for all this stuff. I'm going to go to the gridiron. And so I text Jenna. I'm like, hey, I'm going to enter him. And she had kind of been in the fraternity. She's like, okay, but they're super tough. So (laughs) don't like expect to just go in there and win it and she's like I've exhibitioned him a couple times but it's not like he's like ready to roll and I'm like okay you know it's gonna be fine we'll just do whatever and my gosh that horse won three thousand dollars in the 1d that week oh wow he was ready to go yeah at the very first maturity so I'm like well that was super fun I think I should kind of get into this so (laughs) that's the common theme I'm finding (laughs) is that that first one always hooks you in yeah makes you think it's easy yep yep so then I started buying like not a bunch of babies but I bought uh, Holy Bart that I fraternityed the year before Wally, and then I bought Wally. Uh, both of them were, were babies or long weanlings when I got them and just kind of raised them up. And um, yeah, now I'm just kind of starting with the turnover from, from all those years of investing. And so that's been fun. That's, that's really cool. That, Cause again, I think our programs are very similar. Um, you know, just kind of the work schedule, I buy the younger horses and then bring them up. So it's fun to, you know, see somebody else do that too. Cause sometimes I think I'm crazy for trying to do it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously Wally is, you know, the, the star of the real star of the show. Um, Take us through Wally's history and for those that don't know about him and kind of what he's been like and what you guys have been through. Yeah. So, and I have to laugh because sometimes people will make the comment like, oh, you're so lucky you guys just came on right away. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's not <laughs> what happened at all. Um, you were the overnight success that was five years in the making. Yeah, they no, you like the iceberg thing. Like nobody sees you struggle for three years before something good happens. <laughs> but so it started when he was two, just immature, super. Just took forever to get broke to ride. Like I think my guy had him, and he's broken other horses for me, and and it was no problem. He had Wally for at least five months and I'm like is this horse gonna be broke soon or what is going on here and he's like he's just he's he's really difficult and I'm like okay you know whatever we're not in a hurry so finally he gets broke to ride and I ride him a couple times was he spooky or bucking or just no like every day is a new day type of thing yes it's like one step forward three steps back with him (laughs) like it's we just couldn't build on anything you know and he said he was really like ADD like couldn't pay attention and he whinnied all the time oh my gosh he whinnied all the time that drives me insane but um so anyways and then as a I got him back and then it was winter time so we got the whole winter off and then I had Jenna take him in the spring I think of his three-year-old year and she had him for like three months and she couldn't start him on the pattern because he wasn't broke 
well enough to ride yet, which is not my horse breaker's fault. It's Wally's fault. And she's like, <laughs> this horse is just, he's so behind. And he's, she's, I don't know if we're going to be able to make anything out of this. So, so he spent three months there and then he came home again. And then I think he went back for like three months, late three or, or early four, I think he was there. And finally, we were able to start on the pattern, and he could, like, trot and lope a pattern at home. He could do it at home, okay? <laughs> so then I take over his four-year-old year, and I, I haul him all summer. Um, but I can't exhibition because he's so watchy, like, incredibly watchy. It's not even worth it to try and go in the arena at this point. So we're just doing our thing at home. But it would be like... And I, I wanted to sell him so many times. He was so frustrating because every once in a while he would give me a good day and I'd be like, whoa, this horse has got it. Like he's going to be something special. And then for the next five rides, it was like he had never seen a barrel before. <laughs> like we were, we were scared of stuff, like just couldn't function at all. And, and, and while he has asthma, and I'll, I'll kind of circle back to that, okay. but I didn't know he had asthma for a long time because he didn't show me any symptoms besides, I guess, what you would call being watchy, okay? So then I, I had a, a horse in 2018 that I fatigued, just the easiest thing you could imagine. I love this horse so much. And he, I had to put him down. Uh, he won my very first fraternity. And I, then I had to put him down like a week later. Because oh, he had a, a freak uh, pasture accident and like broke his knee. And so here I am in November, like really upset because I lost my favorite horse. And I got this hunk of junk on the trailer that we can't do anything with. And I decided I'm like, well, I can either put him away for three months and hopefully he's better in the spring or I can make an intervention now. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to send him south for the winter. I need a cowboy, you know, somebody that's going to mature him that can also take him to an exhibition, make him stand tight all day. You know, like we got to grow up here. So I did that. I sent him to Oklahoma for, I don't know, two or three months or something like that. And then he came home and was off for a couple months. And I'm like, I'm excited now. I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. So I go to the first barrel race in March. And I think it was in McCook. And I, we had been working at home and it was going good. And then I take him in there to exhibition him. And actually, I think I entered him because he's able to enter at this point, right? He's five. And we're trying to, we're loping during our run and he breaks down to a trot <laughs> at the barrels and I am just like because he's spooky he's he's scared of them and uh, I immediately I was just like in tears and I, I started crying and I was like this sucks I'm not doing this anymore if somebody would have been like hey you want to trade Wally for a pack of gum I'd have been like yep let me load him on the trailer I'm, I promise I'm only laughing because I feel like you're telling me about my current situation right now <laughs> with a goal of mine. So I understand everything you're talking about so far. Uh, so anyways, it's just a mess. And I think, and Sam has been a good friend to me for a long time, Sam Flannery. 
and she was there and I think I walked over to her trailer with my sucker in the dirt and I'm like I hate this horse I'm like I can't do this anymore I've poured so much time and so much money and so much effort and we just this is not working and a couple things that she said to me really stuck out and one was you need to go faster because sometimes you can't exhibition watch your horses you just you just gotta go you gotta go faster so that really helped us and then the other thing that she said was this horse will make you a better rider than anything else you've ever ridden and boy was she right because it's easy to ride a nice horse you know you don't really learn anything when they're easy but so I'm I'm gonna take a break in your story because I want to talk about that because I feel like like I said your and my stories are very similar right now how was that to overcome put having to put down I mean uh, that's awful that you lost that horse but going from an easy horse to a difficult horse like mentally did you have to have like some come to Jesus meetings with yourself because I feel like that I like I'm kind of at that point yeah kind of and it's like you know and maybe I've just been blessed with nice horses but I, I feel like it's not that hard I mean yes it's hard but like it's not that hard to go in there and lope an exhibition right yeah but now I, you just question everything. I'm like, am I not doing this right? Like, why is this so difficult? But I don't know. I guess I, I didn't have anything else to ride because I had to put that horse down and all I had were babies. So I'm like, well, I either give this up completely or I make it work. So we just kept like grinding at it. And thank God he came around. <laughs> yeah. Abs- I mean, he sure did. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll, we'll get back to your story. But uh, so March 2019, he trots around the barrels when you enter. <laughs> yes, yes. So as for a five year old, <laughs> for as a five year old, and so for all you people that have your three year olds, you know, I always look at on Facebook, and all these people have their three year olds like loping a beautiful exhibition. It's okay if your horse can't lope an exhibition <laughs> as a three year old because Wally couldn't do it when he was five. wise words wise words comparison (laughs) is the thief of all joy (laughs) yeah everyone has their own timeline so yeah and honestly I probably would have given up on him if I if I had anything else Mm -hmm. to take up you know to ride but I didn't and so I'm like well I guess we'll just keep going but shortly after that then um so with his asthma thing I didn't know that he had asthma Um, He was a little bit loud, uh, like when he loped and stuff, you know, in the spring and the fall. And I did have him scoped just to make sure there wasn't something wrong. And uh, they were like, no, he's fine. So um, anyways, I think it was like maybe like May or April or May, kind of when all the pollen came up, he started coughing a little bit. And I'm like, well, that's weird. I mean, obviously something's bothering you. So... I decided to buy a nebulizer just to kind of see if it would help. And the first time I gave him a treatment, it brought tears to my eyes because he was a completely different horse. Like no more throwing fits. He's still watchy, but not watchy like he was. Mm -hmm. And he just walked like every day we walk the same path to the arena and every day the same stuff scares us. But that day, he just walked over there and like he, I was like, am I on the same horse that I'm usually on? Because this is weird. 
So then I was like, oh my gosh, you, and, and when they respond like that, you know, like a person too, you know, if you use an inhaler and you get a significant response like that, yeah, that's, that's telling me that you have a lot of like airway inflammation and you have a lot of constriction and you weren't able to breathe. And I think that was a lot of his struggle is that he was scared and he couldn't breathe and so he would just refuse to work like he would just be Mm -hmm. naughty and naughty and just not want to work for me but then since since that light bulb went off you know I keep like a really good control on it and we've never had like since that day we've never gone backwards that was kind of like the big the big shebang and yeah the light bulb moment yeah and then by June was the first time that I was like wow this horse is legit because I took him to the bonus race finals and I think he was like second out of 1400 horses or something in the open Mm -hmm. I'm like holy crap like we really we really got some here so yeah that's kind of Wally's Wally's story I guess so how often do you nebulize them is it a daily thing or just before you run yeah pretty much especially like where I live you know it's pretty green and so we just have ragweed and weeds all Mm -hmm. the time you know so yeah it's definitely something that I have to keep up on um but thank goodness for the nebulizer because you know you don't want to be like giving your giving your horse steroids and stuff all the time like that's not good for them but if you have a nebulizer where you can localize it you know to their airways it's it's so much better for them and he's you know we did the whole allergy shot things and so he's He's on that regimen and that's helped. And I have him on a lot of like really great products that help with his um, airways too. So I feel like we have it really tailored down now, but it, it took us a little while to get there. What products do you give him for his airways? So I do every time I ride him, he gets albuterol and I also nebulize decks with saline. Okay. I mix it with saline. And in the wintertime, I don't do that because he doesn't need it. Like there's Mm -hmm. his, it's so allergy driven for him that, you know, and I don't ride that much in the winter anyways, but, um, every time I ride him, he gets that. And then, you know, Equipulman has been really great for him. He gets that, um, Ventipulman has been a lifesaver for him as well. Um, what else do I give him? Uh, CEP daily long. He runs on that. Okay. And, um, you know, it's made a huge difference. And I know it's like super controversial with, with the whole barrel horse world is summit. Um, that I don't know how it controls airway inflammation, but I swear to you that that controls airway inflammation because his Hmm. stride, his stride really got a lot longer. Like, you know, like he's, he recovers better and his airways are less inflamed with it. So, so that's been really cool too. Um, something that I tried that seems to work pretty well. So that's kind of his regimen. Um, but like, a, you know, a person with asthma, um, you know, like a child, say a child mm-hmm. has asthma and they're having exacerbations. Well, yeah, you can treat it right with a burst of steroids, but it's going to come right back if you don't mm-hmm. stay on top of it. So, like, a kid needs, like, a Symbicort or, or an inhaled steroid, if they're severe enough, you know, to keep, keep from having asthma attacks. So, if you can tamp down on your inflammation, then you're not going to have your big spikes and, and you know, have, have 
bad things happen if you can keep a baseline on it. So I try and be really consistent with it and, and nebulize him like every day or at least every other day. So Yeah, that makes sense. Just stay on top of the problem versus, yeah. you know, let it get bad, then treat it, let it get bad, then treat it. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. All right. So June rolls around of his fraternity year. You haven't entered a fraternity or anything, but he shows you that like he, you know, the light bulb's gone off. Um, tell us about that fall. Cause I remember, and I don't know, it must've been like October or something. All of a sudden I see this ad, I think one of Lisa's for, um, ain't seen nothing yet. And it's like, you know, this horse ain't seen famous yet is one like $50,000. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm really nerdy. I'm really into stats and results and everything. And I was like, where did this horse come from? Because he wasn't in anything in the first half of the year. Yeah. So our first maturity I went to in July was, I think, the like the prospector challenge. They had a select science stakes maturity. Mm-hmm. And he ran really great there. And, and there were some nice horses there, too. And I think he was like ended up third in the average, placed in both rounds. And then the following weekend was the five state. And um, first time I had ever ran on a standard pattern. And he smokes in there and runs a 17-0 and like wins the whole day. And then the next day he slipped and then kind of got a little scared. And I don't know, it was like an 18 or something mm-hmm. like an 18-2 or an 18-5. And by the grace of God, somehow we made the finals with that average. We were like last in the finals. And then he came back and won the finals with a 17-2 on the standard. So that weekend was pretty awesome too. That was, I was like, wow, you know, it's fun to run on a standard because you don't really know what you got until you yeah. are up against you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. And then, and it was kind of a whirlwind after that. He, we went to the dash and dance. He did great. JJ classic. He was amazing. He loved it there. There was a slot race there. He won that. Um, and then we went to McCook and the triangle cross. He won that fraternity and won a bunch of the corn husker and fizz bomb. Yeah. He just like, yeah went on (laughs) that sure makes it fun so how how did you approach this year with him I mean he had such a successful fraternity year and you know the last half and he's running well did you you know want to focus on the derbies or did you want to go jump into the rodeos I mean what what do you do now that you have this really awesome horse yeah so um I definitely wanted to give him time off so I think after I went to the BFA in November and he mm-hmm. did great. And then I'm like, okay, you're going to get a couple months off. So I think I gave him two or three months off. Um, I did do that WCRA thing in January. Um, so I kind of had to get him in shape for that. And then I, and then he went out of shape again. I gave him another two months off, I think until like the spring and then COVID. And that was a whole different thing. But um I am just not a rodeo person, to be honest. And just with my job, I think, like, I the weekend stuff is what works best for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fair weather barrel racer. You know, I like I like uh, climate controlled, good ground. I like to see how many, you know, what time I'm going to run by how many people are ahead of me. I, you know, I'm not just let's go pull up at the rodeo at midnight, run in the rain, yeah, it's just not really my scene. So I uh I don't I don't really want a rodeo. I mean, would it be awesome? 
probably, but there's so much cool stuff going on now that I feel like I don't have to, you know? Well, Um, and that's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about the WCRA and the extreme and, you know, these opportunities for big money that aren't putting a hundred thousand miles on your pickup. Yeah. Yeah. Those have been awesome. You know, um, like the WCRA, it's a rodeo, but it's not really a rodeo. Like it's a really fancy rodeo, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and the ground's always great. Um, so that was fun. That's kind of, I got to venture into that a little bit. And then, uh, between all this big stuff, the extreme, uh, payouts like that for an open horse is, you know, cause most of the time I would sell something, you know, six, seven, eight. I, I don't really like open horses, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. like the fraternity stuff, but now I'm like, I want to keep a hold of everything because Royal crown, I mean, he can run in that forever. Um, Ruby buckle, he can run in that forever. And those all have such excellent payouts that it's, you know, you don't have to rodeo if you don't want to rodeo, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Let's talk about the extreme million finals and how that went for you, because that was a good weekend. Yeah, that was an excellent <laughs> weekend. Um, so I decided to enter this and I ran Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I, I entered three times. And did first... you enter on site or did you qualify ahead of time? Cause um, the extreme I... has the qualifications or, or they opened it up to where you could just go and enter. Yeah. So I qualified two of those were ahead of time um, okay. at some of the fraternities earlier on in the year. And then they opened it up at the last minute, which was like, excellent. I'm driving 14 hours. I'm just going to buy in another spot because mm-hmm. you might as well make three runs up there if we're going that far. So um, that's what I chose to do. And, um, so the first run he had like a 15, three, nine, six, and it was a nice run bottom of the one D run. He stepped off of the third barrel a little bit, which was my fault. So I made a goal, a 14, nine had been leading it. It's like a five day barrel race, right? So it started on Tuesday mm-hmm. and it ends on Sunday. So 14, nine was leading it for like three days when I got there and I, made a goal for myself after the first run. I'm like, he can run a zero and I want to be in the top four. Like that's my goal. So Saturday we come in there and he makes a beautiful run, a uh, low 15 zero. And I think I was sitting um, third or something like that. And they pay like 12, you know, in the one D and I think last place in the 12th in the one D paid at least 2000 if not like four like it was insane yeah and um so I'm super excited you know I doubt 10 people are gonna run 15 O's on the last day right so I'm feeling pretty good you know I should be able to pull a check um and so I told my mom actually on Saturday night I said mom you know what would be so cool is if someone ran a 14 8 9 6 and put my bottom of the 1D run in the top of the 2D. I'm like, what? I'm like, wouldn't that be awesome? She's like, why don't you just do it? And I said, Mom, did you not see our run yesterday? Like, it was smoking. I was like, he doesn't have anything left to give me. And she's like, okay, whatever. So on Sunday, I decided I'm just, I'm tickled. I'm, I'm so happy so far. We're just going to give it all we got, try and pull another 1D check. And lo and behold, Wally runs a 14.896, exactly (laughs) a half second off. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, what are the odds of that? And so uh, for like two hours, I think I was leading the 1D and the 2D. 
and um and then I went and watched like the last 50 because there were still quite a few really good horses left to run and so I was kind of sweating it out in the stands and Wenda got me and Matt got me there right at the last minute but luckily uh her eight wasn't too much faster so I was still able to to get like third in the 2d I think which paid like twenty thousand dollars like it was nuts so yeah, he ended up winning like sixty-seven thousand, and holy cow! Yeah, ten of that was just in side pots. I'm like the side pot queen, you know. If you got a side pot, sign me up. And they had so many side pots that, like, you know, in some of the, if you bought back a run, you could buy. Like, mm-hmm. there were so many people, like they didn't like their run, so they just went and bought back, like, until the last horse ran. You could enter until the last horse ran. And so if you did that, then some of your runs didn't count for side pots because of one reason or another. So anyways, between all that, it just ended up being a ridiculous, life-changing weekend. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's incredible. Like, that's a year's worth of salary for a lot of people. I mean, that's awesome. Yes. Yes. And it's, you know, it's not for everyone The it's a lot of money to spend on a run, but boy, if you, yeah, get lucky, cause what, what is off. the entry fee? 1500 or 1200 yep. or something like that. Yep. I think my qualifiers were 1250 and then the last, the last chance buy-in was 1500, I think. So, well, we've talked about that on a, a couple of the other podcasts, you know, it's not for everybody to pay those big ones, but it costs me the same to get my horse sound enough to run at a $50 jackpot as it does a $500 jackpot. So, I mean, no, I can't, you know, afford to go do it every weekend, but having those opportunities to win that money, I mean, you don't barrel race for a living, but you sure made, you know, a lot of money going to this jackpot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it was, it was so awesome. The whole experience was awesome. The ground was phenomenal. The people were so great. It was just, it was super fun. I would highly recommend it to anybody. And I think they have like 10 month payment plans now. So, you know, it's not like you have to have all of your, your sum up front, but yeah, it was definitely once in a lifetime uh, opportunity and experience. And it was awesome. That's awesome. That's really exciting. So where are you going from here with him? I mean, he is a derby horse, but do you have any big things planned? The Cornhuskers next. And then I am probably going to enter the American at the up in Bowman at the Blitz. I, I would like to try and try and do that. I think is qualify him for that. Um, maybe go. Down yeah, that'd be really February. cool. And then I definitely want to do the extreme next year for sure. And yeah, there's just so much, so much fun stuff coming up. The uh, couple Ruby buckles that are halfway close to me. So I'd like to go to those, um, you know, next year and into the fall. And then even the bonus race finals next year is having like a really cool high stakes slot race, not a slot race. It's like a high stakes thing. Um, But that's paying out a bunch too. So yeah, I want to hit those up. Awesome. Um, do you have any fraternity horses up and coming for next year? Or are you just kind of focusing on Wally and these big opens? Yeah. Um, well, I have the three three-year-olds. And so I did enter one in the juvenile for November. So we're going to go to the BFA and I'll run Wally in the Derby. And then I'm going to juvenile this, this colt. I've never done that before. I've never had anything 
even close to being ready. But I think he's he's ready. He's loping a pretty nice set. He's by Corona Caliente. He's not eligible oh, cool. eligible for much, but um, he's a super nice horse. So I'm excited about that. And then I have a fast prize Jordan uh, for 2022, and I ain't seen nothing yet for 2022. So just trying to probably haul them a bunch next year you know and and try and get them ready okay well that'll be fun to watch and you know watch them come up and we know that you can work through problems so (laughs) they should have a great chance at success um a couple questions that we've had just kind of you know kind of the basics like what what is your warm-up plan or you know what bit do you ride wally in do you chain from warm-up to run um yeah, so or what's your favorite bit? That's a hard question. Um, I know. <laughs> my and honestly, I always go back to, and I think it makes a lot of sense. It's what fits your hands and what you ride well in. And I feel like I ride best in just like a junior cow horse, short shank, three piece smooth with a roller or a cricket. You know, something mm-hmm. something really mild with a leather curb strap. I, I ride, I always go back to that. I ride every horse in that, whether they're a two-year-old or whether it's Wally. And I think it just fits me well for some reason. Um, yeah. I'm really, really big on, I'm not a big bit person because I feel like you shouldn't really need to use your bit that much, I guess. Um, at least my horses. I don't want to pull on you because when you pull on a horse, you know, obviously their head goes up and they, they're not collected. So something that I really work at at home is my seat control. You know, Mm -hmm. when I roll my hips, that means you slow down, you know, you don't stop, but you need to slow down. And so I, you know, like in Wally, like I don't hardly touch the bit on Wally until it's time to stop, you know? So yeah. I feel like I could run him in about anything, but I, I do run him in just like a short shank. Um, there's no gag to it. I think it's a Carolina bit, uh, three piece. And it has like the three um, chain links in the center um, with a leather curb. But like I said, I, I don't know. Just simple, really just it, simple but... and nice. <laughs> yeah. Just something smooth, you know, that that's not going to scare him. I like, simple stuff like that but I do really like riding the Colts I bought a couple quarantine was just terrible on my on my online shopping but I'm like watching all these people's bit reviews and I'm like oh I think I, I think I need to try that so I bought like three Carrie Kelly's over quarantine and I do really like all of them I have a ticket and like the mini Hemis um I did too yeah <laughs> like I invested in this whole line I know, I know during quarantine but they're super nice you know and people are like oh why would you spend so much money on a bit well I might there's something about a nice bit you know it's a different feel mm-hmm. like you just once you have a nice bit then you know why you spend money on bits <laughs> exactly <laughs> um what do you do for your pre-race I mean we talked about Wally like nebulizing but do you give any other paste or Lasix or, Um, you know, anything else? Like kind of what is your routine getting ready? Yeah. So I just recently got on the Lasix bandwagon and, you know, I'm a PA, so I I understand how Lasix works and I I get Mm -hmm. it. I don't love Lasix to be honest with you, but I also, you know, it gets really humid here and it's really damp and he has, 
airway inflammation anyways from his allergies and asthma. So, of course, he's probably low-level bleeding a little bit, you know. Horses do, especially when they run that hard. And so, I, after the five-state, actually, I just, um, he ran great at the five-state this year. He won, he won the derby, but he just, um, he didn't really feel like himself that weekend. And it was really, really humid. And I'm like, you know what? I think he's bleeding a little bit. And so I jumped on the Lasix bandwagon. And so it took me like a couple weeks to kind of play around with that. So I do give him Lasix now. I don't give him very much. Um, and I give that about three hours out. And then um, I, he gets Venta Pullman for his airways. And then like... When I'm saddling, I'll give him his Equipulman, and then I'll uh, nebulize him like probably 30 minutes before I get on. And I know that's okay. controversial too. Some people do it like four hours before, but if you've ever had albuterol, like if you're sick or something, um, I think it works best in the first, you know, 30, 60 minutes is kind of where you're getting your your drug effects from. So that's when I give it. Um, and then... I, I try and keep pretty, pretty cool with Wally, you know, we'll, we'll trot some circles. I like to lope a lot of squares on him back a little bit, do some pivots or a couple rollbacks. And then I'll just sit on him for 10 minutes because I like him really chill. And I think it's just a habit from when he was five. He, he's very fragile. And I think, you know, with the whole asthma thing, he's very insecure and so, you know, that's, I, I also, you know, I don't pull on him in a run or do anything crazy. Like I just try and be really quiet and just let him do it because I don't want to frazzle him if that makes sense. So, um, and he's much better now, but yeah, we just kind of chill for a little bit before we run and make sure we are full of air and ready to go. And that's kind of my, my warm up routine. I don't get on super get- early, you know, maybe 20 30 minutes tops I don't like to be on forever because then I just get nervous so (laughs) I I love it I love it keep it simple I mean keep it simple stick to it and it totally works um what are a couple must-haves in your trailer like doesn't even necessarily have to be horse related but what are like two things you have to have when you leave your house I would say the first thing is my wiener dog I really have a hard time like leaving him home you know he's just my little, I love it he's my little buddy Every, everybody knows Amigo everybody knows Wally and everybody knows Amigo but nobody knows who I am they're just like oh hey Wally hey Amigo hey I, I'm I'm the same way I know horses and horses stories <laughs> way before I know the people yep, so yep um so I would say him and I would say I have this like weird obsession with zip ties like the 275 pound zip ties I zip tie everything like I so my horses don't pull back I put like a 275 pound zip tie on there and I tie everything with a zip tie and I hang out my fans with a zip tie and my buckets with a zip tie there's just so many uses for a zip tie so I in scissors because then you can't get it off because it's really hard to get off so those are that's a really good piece of advice like that's it pretty essential thing that yeah. I feel like people should have in their trailers I have zip ties too mainly because the awning is trying to fall off my trailer <laughs> but I have zip ties as well so yeah they're great for everything I swear 
I love it. And I won't keep you too much longer, even though I know you're still on, you know, you can't go do too much. Um, <laughs> but if there is like one piece of advice you could tell to somebody that, you know, is struggling or, you know, just button heads, like what, just touch back on that, on how you got through that. And, you know, I know you kind of had to, but what would you tell somebody else in a similar situation? I would say get help. I guess one thing that I wish somebody would have told me a long time ago is go ride with people who are better horsemen than you are, you know, go learn horsemanship from somebody because I mean, I've rode all my life, but I have learned more in the last probably five years than I've combined learned the last 25 years. Like you have to, if you want to get better or if you're not happy where you're at or something's not quite right, like go ask someone and it can be, you know, some, and you have to be really self-aware. I feel like, you know, it's, most of the time it's you and I think you just kind of have to like put your pride away and and be humble Mm -hmm. for a minute and be like you know this horse is stressing me out so you just need to stop and really think about what am I asking versus what am what the response is supposed to be and am I asking correctly you know several times I mean I ride with with Jenna all the time she's so great she lets me come over and I'm like hey I can't I can't figure this out and she can watch me ride for two minutes and be like, why are you riding with your hands way up here? I'm like, I don't know, but I need somebody to tell me that because I can't, I don't, I can't see that for myself, you know? So I yeah. would say invest. If you want to be better, like invest in yourself and go to a clinic or go ride with someone who is a legit horseman, knows what they're talking about. And you would be amazed at what even like a couple 30 minute sessions or hour sessions with someone, like how much you could take away from that. You know, you just need to be open to advice and open to, to listening or, or go ask someone, you know, I've asked a lot of people like, Hey, can you help me with this? Or do you see something? And not one of them has ever told me no. And they might, but keep trying, you know, like, I guess that would be my, my biggest piece of advice is, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, you can always learn something from somebody. So I love it. I feel like this whole time you're just talking to me. Yeah. So <laughs> I sure appreciate it. Yeah. I'm going to get help. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amelia, for talking to me this morning. And uh, good luck this fall. We'll be watching for Wally. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Bye. Bye. we wrap up another week kayla and i just want to say thank you to all of our guests and to the listeners that tune in week after week as this year drags on we just hope to add a little light to your week wherever you might be remember to be kind to each other and we'll see you next week on the money barrel